Lift Church. Happy, Happy Easter. Easter. Thank you for joining us virtually online. Please take a moment to grab your Bibles as we are about to dive into the message. And uh, we want to connect with you. We're so grateful uh, that we can gather in this way. And so what we'd ask you to do is take out your phone, smartphone, or, or just there on your computer. You could pause this video if you want and uh, go to liftchurch.info. Liftchurch.info is basically our online bulletin and you can get everything you need right there. There's two buttons that we want you to hit. One is the connect register and we want you to fill that out. Let us know you joined us today and uh, then please take some time, whether now or later today, um, to write a prayer request. That way our prayer team and our elders can be praying for you this week. Uh, And then the second button that we really want you to hit is the give button. And uh, again, discuss this with your family, maybe even include the kids if they're around and say, hey, what are are we going to give to the Lord today um, on this Easter Sunday? As we remember, Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. So hit the connect register button and hit the give button. And um, we're just so glad that you joined us today. If you need help with anything through this tough time, you can contact us at hello at liftchurch.co. Um, thank you for worshiping with us today.
son was dead The savior of the world had fallen His body on the cross His blood poured out for us The weight of every curse upon
Cliff Church, happy Easter. So glad that we get to be together again virtually, and I cannot wait until we can come together. Can we just be, uh, can we make a pact right now that when we get to come together, that we're going to actually do the Easter cheer, that we're actually going to have our Super Bowl together? Um, Because even though we're celebrating Easter and remembering what Jesus Christ has done on the cross and how he's risen from the dead, he's risen. And uh, uh, just being together and the energy that that provides is so important for us. So um, I just want to, um, yeah, I I just want to do that when we get together. So, um, hey, I'm going to uh, open up the Word of God. I'm going to go to uh, chapter 20 of John. We're going to continue in our study of the book of John. And we're in chapter 20. We're going to start a new series today. That series is going to be called That You May Believe. And that you may believe, having the moment. So um, having the moment is an interesting tagline. Um, we all need to have this moment where G- with Jesus where our eyes are wide open and where we, I don't know, see him clearly for who he really is. Uh, so we're going to see that in the stories uh, of the lives of people in the next few weeks. Uh, today we're going to see it in the life of the author of this book where his eyes are wide open, where he says, I believed. And um, really excited about that. So title of the message today is going to be Trusting Jesus. Trusting Jesus. And I just uh, wrote this down. It's not over until Jesus says it's over. You know, that must have been confusing for his loved ones when he said, it is finished and died. Can you imagine? The three years of discipleship finished everything done, and if they didn't pay close attention, and if they didn't listen to what he said, then maybe they thought it was over. Maybe they thought it was finished. And so, um, you know, as we get between chapters 19 and 20, I just want to point this out. Um, (laughs) They think it's over. They think it's absolutely hopeless. The cross, his death, the tomb is sealed, and uh, sometimes people find themselves in pain, in suffering, in an uncertainty. I think we as a church find ourselves in that to a certain degree right now. And, you know, they're walking away from Jesus, uh, or at least not walking with Jesus for sure. <laughs> Maybe it was a lie, they must think. They're confused, they're disappointed, they're grieving. It's hopeless, I'm helpless, and I'm trying to make sense of it all. See, that's where we find the disciples, that's where we find Mary Magdalene in chapter 20 of John. So um, I just want to press in just a little bit more into our circumstance before we open the Bible together. Um, So maybe you feel like it's helpless or hopeless. Right now, uh, COVID-19, everything that's going on, maybe you don't know what to do, you know? What am I supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to do in the world? What am I supposed to do with these church issues that we're facing? Uh, It's kind of a weird Easter that way. What am I supposed to do? We're not even gathering together, and I don't know what's right and what's wrong, what's true, what's not. Um, So I just wrote this down. Maybe you feel like we're going to lose everything. I mean, absolutely. My wife and I have talked about that. Hey, we're just going to lose everything. Or maybe you're like, I already have. I already have lost everything. Um, 
So if that's our thinking, maybe, maybe you feel like you're going to lose everything. Uh, maybe you feel like you're going to lose your relationships. Um, you know, you think of divorce. The, they're saying that the divorce rate's going to be higher. And I, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, that's a possibility as people are in confined quarters that they might not put up with each other. I, I, that's a possibility. Uh, you might lose relationship with your wife or kids or family or friends and even in the church, and, and that's hard to think about. What if we lose everything? It feels hopeless. Our jobs. <laughs> what if we lose our job? What, um, you know, with COVID-19, I, I hear of people now being furloughed at, at Mayo, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just hard to think about layoffs and losing your uh, income uh, right now, economic hardships right now, and it is an income proposition. Like uh, the income, it, what it takes to live is important, and and that affects our house. <laughs> what about our house? What if I lose my house? What if I lose our home? And there's concerns on that. Uh, I think of as a church, uh, even as elders. I mean, what about the land that we've purchased, and can we make the payments on that land? And and it's really. Are we going to lose everything, right? And you just have those fears. And again, I'm not trying to raise fear in you, and I'm not trying to steal your joy uh, by even saying that. So please, church, know that we're making wise decisions um, and that we're praying and seeking the Lord. Um, but this next thing is our joy. So I'm not trying to steal your joy, but maybe you feel like, what are we going to do? We're going to lose everything. We're going to lose our joy, the pain, the suffering, the anxiety, the ev- events of the past few weeks it's just all too much and I don't even smile anymore (laughs) yeah I hear you it's been a hard couple weeks Um, so we need some hope we need some trust in the Lord Uh, this last thing our relationships our job our house our home our our our, our joy but what about our sanity Our very sanity is in question right now. We're like spending so much time isolated. All we do is think of to ourselves about what we think and and we start to not think very clearly about things is what I've found. Just a lot of self-talk and it's not very fun. So staying in the word is so important in that regard. Um, So you come to the end of all this and I've painted a pretty grim picture to start this message. I know this is a but God moment. That you may believe having the moment This is a but God moment. Trusting Jesus through it all. Trusting Jesus this Easter, even when it seems hopeless. And remember, it's not over until Jesus returns and says it's over. So I just want to tell you something that's been encouraging me. This person in our church wrote me a note. It was actually back in 2018. And I won't give you all of the note. It's so encouraging. I've been uh, looking at it again. But this here, this little... uh, square that opens up with hope on the front says this when you get into a tight place and everything goes against you until it seems as if you couldn't hold on a minute longer never give up then for that's just the place and the time that the tide will turn harriet beecher stowe and this uh, girl that wrote this note wrote on the back of here for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. This is Romans 1.16. Church, what I'm going to venture to do for you today is what this little piece of paper has done for me over the last uh, several years, actually. Um, I'm going to venture to encourage you in the Lord. And so let's open up our Bibles 
to chapter 20 of John. And uh, here it is. Until he returns, here's four steps to trusting Jesus now more than ever. Four steps to trusting Jesus now more than ever. Let me read the passage. Chapter 20. John chapter 20, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw, just look at the action words here, came, saw, you're going to see ran, just start underlining those. She saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple. Um, I'm going to say the other disciple a few times. So um, this is John, the author of the book. If it's not John, the author of the book, then it's just the author of the book. But I'm going to say that it's John since uh, all of history has said that it's John. Simon Peter and the other disciple, that's John, the one whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. And we, oh, there's other women along with, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, John, and they were going forward toward the tomb. Both of them were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, like a bull in a china closet, right? His personality, following him, and he went into the tomb. And he, no concern for whether he's going to be defiled by a dead body. He's like, let's go. And he saw the linen cloth there, lying there. And the face cloth, this is so key. Kids, pay attention now. The face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, that's John, also went in, and he saw and believed. That's the moment right there. That's John's moment where he saw with his eyes, and he believed in his heart, Jesus Christ is Lord, and that he rose from the dead. For, verse 9, for yet, as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Can you imagine this? I'm going to give you four steps to trusting Jesus now more than ever. This is what we need right now. We need to put our trust and hope in Jesus this Easter and as we go through these crises in our life, in our world, and in our church. First, here's the first step, and it's kind of ironic that it's run. (laughs) Run to Jesus. Number one, run to Jesus. And I'm talking continually. I mean, every day as you get up, if there's any discouragement, if anything at all is pressing in on you, run to Jesus. Look at what Mary did. Mary got up early. And uh, remember, they didn't have alarm clocks back then. So just think about this. Why was she up early before dark? Did she feel the earthquake? Um, You know, was she anxious? Did she stay up all night because she was weeping? I don't know. But it was clear that she didn't set an alarm to get up early. This wasn't like something she tried to do. This is God's appointment 
where she's now coming to the tomb early and she saw the stone being taken away. Um, the other Gospels describe this too, um, where the women go to the tomb, but uh, they describe it a little bit different. But here's the cool thing. I read in one commentary, it was like, it was like Mary saw the tomb open and she ran to the disciples right away while the other ladies went and saw the angels. And I just thought that was so interesting to read. And uh, I would just ask you to consider that as a very good possibility. They all, the women, went to the tomb of Jesus to finish the burial. They stopped for the Sabbath. They honored God, but they went to the tomb to, because they loved Jesus and they wanted to go hard after Jesus. Then look what happens after that. They went and Simon Peter and the other disciple, they hear this and they, they take off running towards the tomb. Why? Because they want to know about Jesus. They want to be with Jesus. Um, it's crazy. This is all good evidence that the disciples didn't steal the body, even though that's what the religious leaders were trying to say. The disciples didn't steal the body, or why would they have ran to go see? This makes no sense. But they took off running because they wanted to know who took the body and where it was. Run to Jesus continually. When I think about this, um, I think of Mary and how she honored Jesus by going to the tomb to finish the burial process. Not knowing if she could get in or not, she prepared spices along with the other women and she went. When I think about Peter and John and how they took courage to go out from their hiding place, didn't care if somebody saw them. This could have been a trap for all they knew where people were trying to catch them and kill them as well. And yet they took courage and went. I think of the fast that we just uh, are finishing today and how you've honored the Lord by participating in that. And how you've taken courage in giving up some of your food or social media, whatever you were fasting from, to seek the Lord. I see you running hard after Jesus, church. And that is the first step to trusting him. We run to Jesus. So stay engaged. Give Jesus your time this week. Give Jesus your attention this week. Give Jesus your energy this week. And give him your resources this week. If he asks you to do something, do it. Press in with him and run to Jesus. This second thing, recognize he is God. we got to recognize Jesus is God. So you keep reading. They reached the tomb. And, uh, you know, John reached the tomb first. And he looked in. And then Peter came and he barreled in. And that's kind of more my personality. Let's go. I want to know. And I uh, wasn't worried about it um, being defiled. I think John was maybe more, hey, I see the cloths, but uh, maybe there's a body in there. I don't want to be defiled. And uh, Peter just rushed in. And Peter looked with observation. And, uh, and then you have the other disciple finally coming into the tomb. And when he came in, he there it is, verse 8, the end. He saw and believed. He saw and he believed. He recognized he is God. Jesus is God. You know, Jesus is not just a good man. I know if you're visiting for church on today, today online, like I just need you to know Jesus isn't just a good man. They might have thought that when he said it's finished and died. Oh, he was a good man. They might have thought he was a great teacher, preacher. Jesus isn't just a great teacher, preacher. They might have thought he was a godly prophet. He wasn't just a godly prophet. 
They might have thought he was a generous miracle worker. Well, yes, he was. He fed 5,000. He fed 4,000. He healed the blind. He made the lame walk. I mean, he was a generous miracle worker. But not just that. He was uh, not just a genuine friend. Look it up here. It says, the one whom Jesus loved. The love that John and Jesus had for one another, the friendship, it was special. And he, yet, John's saying, he's not just a genuine friend. It's not just we love one another. I recognize that Jesus is God. And I saw and believed. This is key. So, can you imagine realizing for the first time, wow, this guy I've been following for three years, this Jesus of Nazareth, he is the king of the Jews, he is God. He had the moment right then and there. He saw and he believed. Now, I want to explain this to you a little deeper because I think right in that moment, can you think about the repentance that would have fell over John? Why didn't I hear him? Why didn't I see it? Why didn't I believe the three times that he's already told us he was going to die and raise from the dead? In John chapter 2, in verse 21 and 22, go look at that. He says that he's talking about the temple dying, and, 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 he, and he goes and writes that it's not just the temple, like the Jewish temple. It's talking about the temple of his body, and that he was going to die and rise again. He didn't know it until this moment. So the whole book now, all the chapters we've studied, all now have come flooding back to John as they make sense to him. Wow. Everybody say wow. Go ahead, kids. Say wow. Wow. This is like John's moment. And it explains everything that he's been teaching us in John. But here's what I want you to see. And you would miss it if you didn't study the word. So I've been studying this week. And uh, I want to take time to open your eyes. Uh, this is a process. It takes time. And it's okay if you're just new to the faith and trying to figure it out. Here, just look in the text. In chapter, uh, in chapter 20, verse 5, the word saw. In verse 5, saw. You see that? He saw the linen cloths. That word is blepo. To gaze, to glance in, to look at. To glance in, to look at. And then in verse 6, it says, saw again. It says, Peter, he saw the linen cloth laying there and the face cloth. And, you know, he's observing all these different things. folded up in a corner over here. It's so te tedious and so nice and tidy. No robber would come in and leave the face cloth and fold it up. They'd take it all. <laughs> and the word here for saw is thereo. Thereo. To look carefully to observe and then look in verse 8 you see it again he saw and believed that's the aha moment for john he saw this is aiden to see to pay attention to to consider to perceive with intelligent comprehension see guys he's used three different words for the word saw he's opening our eyes bigger and bigger and in our text right here all we see is the word saw three times we don't see that john's on this journey of like whoa i saw the linen cloths peter saw the folded up uh linen cloths uh then i walked in and i like it all made sense 
oh my goodness, Jesus is for sure the Messiah and the risen Lord. And he believed. See, this is why we study our Bible, that we may believe, that we may have confidence. I hope these things excite you. As I studied them, uh, it just made my heart sing to say, this isn't just blind belief we have. This is the real deal. This is belief in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, risen from the dead. So the word believe is pisteo, pisteo, and uh, it says trust, put faith in, rely on, to believe, to think, to be true, to prove, to be firm. You know what else it means? Because we can do the most we can to think that it's true and to prove that it's firm. And the Bible does so much of that. But you know what? Here's the last thing it means. To act rashly. John says he saw and believed. Did he see a body? No. How rash is it of John to go, I'm all in! Having not seen Jesus face to face. Having only remembered everything he said. And having that cloth there to see and going, oh my goodness, everything he said was true. I believe, even though I haven't seen Jesus yet risen from the dead, I believe that he is. You know what, church? Recognize that he's God. Even though I haven't seen Jesus face to face, one day he will come back in the clouds and when I see him face to face, that will be the end of it all. That will be my salvation with the fear uh, and trembling that I've worked out my faith in to see him face to face. But belief isn't only seeing. It's also believing, right? That Jesus is who he says he is and does who he, what he says he does without absolutely seeing it. <laughs> we walk by faith, not by sight. And uh, Jesus even says that over here uh, in verse 29 of the chapter, he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We'll, we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. I want to get back to um, the steps here. Four steps to trust Jesus now more than ever. Run to Jesus. Recognize he is God. And then this, receive eternal life. Receive eternal life. So receive eternal life. John had heard and seen so much and this was his moment when his eyes were wide open and he believed. <laughs> uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10 say it like this. If you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, right, you shall be saved. And uh, that was his moment. And John chapter 20, he recaps his whole book in verses 30 and 31. Just look down right across the page. It says, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Hallelujah, man. He's writing these things so you can have life in his name. So if you believe Jesus Christ to be true, and it says that he opened up their eyes to believe. So look at verse 9. For as of yet, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead, but later he taught them more from Luke 24. Go over, Dad, take your family over there and read Luke 24, 25, verse 25 and following. Um, Luke 24, verse 25 and following. Read that to your, your kiddos because this is how he opened their eyes from the Old Testament scriptures, from the Psalms, from the prophets, and he told them, I'm alive. Here's the thing. 
if Jesus is truly alive, and I believe he is, do you? Won't you ask him to be your Lord and Savior today? Won't you ask Jesus to forgive your sins, to take your sins away, and to redeem you? Peter, in his first message, after he saw this scene, said to people who were like, what should we do with this Jesus? He said, believe, right? He said, repent and be baptized. This is from Acts 2, 37. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Receive eternal life. Receive eternal life today. You could just take a second, pause the video right now, and ask God in the quietness of your heart and in the quietness of your home. Anybody want to do that? Look around, folks. Anybody want to do that? And just say, hey, I want, I want to accept Jesus Christ right now. I want to receive eternal life. I'm running to Jesus. I'm recognizing he's God for maybe the first time right now. And I want to receive eternal life. You can do that right now. Bow your head. Close your eyes. Pray out. Cry out to God and ask him to forgive and save you. <laughs> and he will. Praise the Lord. All right, this last one. Number four. Remember the empty tomb. So, here it is, kids. This will, this will be fun for you. Um, it says, then the disciples went back to their homes. Do you think they were quiet about this? No, we have the rest of the New Testament that tells us all the things they said. They went back to their homes. Did they have conversations in their homes? Everybody that saw an angel, everybody that uh, heard the announcement that Jesus was born when he was born, went and told everyone, right? Now, they were under persecution. I understand the Roman guards probably would have killed them. But they went back to their homes, and they had what I'll call conversations around what was going on. Peter, John. And so here, uh, this is an interesting illustration from the movie Inside Out. If you ever watched that, the, this movie Inside Out, you know, we like to watch it at our house, and it, it has these core memories. And I think of John and what he must have been thinking in this moment of belief. He saw and he believed. What he must have been thinking, this core memories uh, must have been coming back. He saw Jesus get baptized. He heard God the Father say, this is my beloved son. I am well pleased. He was at the tr transfiguration, one of only three guys to be there. What a core memory that would have been to see Jesus just transfigured. <laughs> it's amazing. And, and then he saw Lazarus raised from the dead. What a core memory. <laughs> he was at the cross and saw Jesus die. That will never be forgot. <laughs> never. And now this, this other core memory of the empty tomb. Do you think these guys are ever going to forget the day they walked into that tomb and believed Jesus is risen from the dead? No, they are not. And I don't think you are either after this message. So, hey, I pray that we will always remember the empty tomb. So here's what I want you to do. Dads, you got to lead in this. I'll try to model it for you. Um, I want you to, uh, I want to encourage you today to have a family discussion. And uh, again, if your family's not gathered around you, get on a Zoom call or FaceTime with your family if they're believers or some friends that are believers. Um, so everybody do this. And I want you to together discuss the core memories of your spiritual life. I want you to think back. I want you to remember back to the things that Jesus has done in your life, how he's interacted with you when you run to him. <laughs> Maybe even the day you accepted Jesus Christ when you recognized he was God for the first time and you received eternal life. 
And I want you to remember the empty tomb. I want you to remember those key moments in your spiritual journey. And my prayer is that these discussions you will have right now will build your faith, will renew your hope, and will increase your love as we trust Jesus more now than ever this Easter. Hey, church, I got to tell you, these are the steps that we can take this week. Four steps to trusting Jesus. Run to Jesus, recognize he's God, receive eternal life, and remember the empty tomb. Let me pray. Father God, in this troubling time, we need you. We just acknowledge it. And we come to Easter expectant every year. It's our Super Bowl. It's the most fun time. It's the best Sunday with the most energy. And we're missing that right now. I'm missing that right now. I want to be with people. And I want to celebrate just what you've done. And so God, let us take these steps to trusting you more. Let us take these steps to trusting Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior in such an extraordinary way that all the pains and sorrows, the uncertainty and the confusion of this life will fade away. God, help our discussions right now as believers in Christ, as family members and friends, as we talk about our spiritual journey and our core memories on our life, uh, spiritual life. I pray that there'll be profitable conversations that we'll always remember and look back on fondly. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Church, I wish I could give you a hug right now, but I greet you with a holy kiss. I love you. You are loved.
and all the families and friends, uh, we uh, just wanted to take a second at the end of the service to kind of model for you what we're looking for um, in remembering the empty tomb. So uh, in the message, I asked you to get together with your family or maybe if you're single or, or whatnot, just with some friends um, and talk about your spiritual journey with God 
And what are some of the core memories, like in the Inside Out movie, what are some of the core memories that have really formed who you are in Jesus Christ? So I thought we would just model that a little bit as a family. And uh, we're going to be brief. We, we would take a lot more time on Sunday to do this. Uh, 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 but, you know, we're just going to be brief uh, right now. So, Noah, you go first, man. I think, like, the center of, like, core memories is, for me, is just uh, life action camp when I rededicated my life to Christ. A lot of sin was, like, uprooted there. And I, the Spirit just, like, it felt like it came into me for the first time. And I just was powerful and impactful in so many ways, and it just blessed me. Yeah, you're never going to forget that day, right? Yeah, it's cool. How about you, Tate? Uh, for me, uh, I would say it was the day when I got baptized in 2017. Um, that was a really impactful day where I, I felt I started uh, feeling a lot of spiritual growth after that day. Uh, so, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. All right, how about you, Kimberly? Yeah, for me, it was definitely getting saved um, as a young girl, about age four or five, and just being in my bunk beds. And I remember praying with my mom and having my sister there. You know, just that's such a cool thing to think back to that room, mm. that environment, and remember that Jesus met me there. Yeah, cool. Thanks for sharing. How about you, Levi? Uh, what's uh, a core memory for you? When I was baptized on in February, when I was made new again, by Jesus and washed. That's cool. That's very cool, man. Thanks for sharing that. How about you, Kara? Um, same thing as him. When I was baptized in February. It was cool to be baptized together, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I know for me personally, um, so many things I remember along my spiritual journey at 45 years old. Your dad is old. But um, I remember planting this church. I remember the faith versus fear journey of doing that. And I remember how we did it together, right? And, uh, that's really the thing I'll never forget is that first Sunday, October 2nd, 2011, and just the feeling of a bunch of people coming together trying to do something that, you know, if God is for us, who can be against this kind of thing? So um, that, that's, that's one of my favorite memories on my journey with Christ. Uh, but there's so many of them. And so we've just taken a few minutes to do this, but you can go longer and longer and longer. There's several other core memories, but remember, John was in the tomb. And he saw and he believed. And he was never going to forget that day when what God did in his life opened his eyes, that aha moment to like, Jesus is God. And uh, that's what we're trying to do. So, hey, thanks for joining us. And uh, we just want to say you are loved.